Fox and Fallon, episode 13, a special midweek mini. It's especially special because we just watched the NBA draft lottery. As a Knicks hater, I just gotta say, this whole night was very fun for me, Tanya. It's it, You know it's bad when you, from Boston, me and you... Celtics fans, you know, you got you got love for Miami. Celtics yep. fans? Celtics fans. <laughs> no, no, no. No. No, that's kind of funny. That's no, kind of no, funny no, that I said it's fans. No, 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 no. What? I have you no know, pity for Knicks fans. I have I zero. Have, I don't know if it's like PTSD or something, but like the level of joke that this has become is nuts. So obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you know that somehow the Knicks managed to not get the first <laughs> draft pick in the lottery. That went to, drum roll please, the New Orleans Pelicans. I just, I have to tell you that Tanya and I are watching this draft lottery and we're sitting there and watching everything unfold and Frank Isola, who everyone on Twitter started to deem him as again, Frank Asshola. <laughs> Asshola. Ru- ruining everyone. By the way, Maryland graduate. Love that guy. He's been, you know, he's been an he's integral. Great. He's been an integral part of my career. He's also he's great. He's fantastic. And he he started tweeting out things like, hey, I just I got word from someone inside the draft lottery room and this isn't fair and blah blah blah. You know that he's representing the voice of the New York Knicks fan. Now, and then he said. The Lakers should have had LeVar Ball as their representative. So it got the entire NBA Twitter. Whether or not NBA Twitter was more fun for the NBA draft lottery than the actual draft lottery is completely up for question. Because it's about 50 you, you were definitely having a lot of fun on Twitter. Oh. So it kind of it went nuts because what happened was all the worst teams in the league besides the Knicks dropped out of the uh, out of the top four. So here we are, we're going through, and everybody's dropping like flies, and the final four ends up being the Lakers, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, and the goddamn Knicks, right? And the goddamn So when you're thinking, you know, you and I, like, live reaction, we're just, we're just shooting the shit here. We're thinking, like, holy shit. The what Lakers are going to go to the fucking Lakers. Lakers are going to go like, to the this Lakers. This is nuts, and all I could think was, like, Tomorrow, me- tomorrow's meeting with Coward is going to be nuts. Like, Coward's <laughs> going to come in jacked up to 10, like, losing his mind. I'm ready for it. And me, I'm thinking to myself, laughing my ass off to all of my Knicks fans. Shout out to my friend Ben Levine, who's connected and friends with everyone who's anyone. And Ben is, like, has this whole montage this morning that was like maybe 25 slides through on Instagram of like, today is a big day for the Knicks fans. And he does a whole montage of all of the famous Knicks. He's like, if you remember this guy, you're a real Knicks fan. And if you remember this guy, like, I just, it made me, it made me laugh so hard because laughing at someone who sucks, maybe this is like the the whole dodgeball trick, you know, laughing at someone who's really bad and who sucks, you just take the dodgeball and I do, we just, Threw it in their face. (laughs) And they, like, slow motion had the spit coming out of their face, falling to the ground, fat jiggling on their stomach. It was just so funny. It was so funny to me. I got such a rise out of it. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy because you pull the card, the Lakers get the fourth pick. Okay, well, justice served. Okay, fine. Now we're down to Knicks, 
Grizzlies, Pelicans. Yep. Third card, the Knicks. <laughs> like, how? You know, you know what's happening. I scream so loud. The crazy part was that. So many videos were made at that moment. The crazy part was that at that point, you know, Isola's tweet sort of like did, was a spoiler alert in a lot of ways because at that point you knew when it was down to Grizzlies, Pelicans. You knew a hundred percent it was going to be Pelicans. Now, for those of you who are, a little I didn't bit, know it was going to be. 100% well, because probably. for those of you who are a little bit out of the loop on the NBA, the idea that the Pelicans, after all of the shit that they went through with the Lakers trying to trade for Anthony Davis and them turning them down, and the whole Rob Palenka and LeBron James and Ron, Rich, yeah, Paul Rich Paul and all that stuff, all that stuff, it was very clear at that point that Isola's tweet came right into focus. It was I like, mean, Holy I listen. Shit, they're gonna get Zion. Like this is gonna happen. Wait, gonna but I, I never, I never doubted Frank Isola. I mean, Frank Isola is one of those reporters that, like, regardless, he said, "You listen, like, I hope this doesn't credit, discredit ESPN or anything that I'm doing, but you know, something happened." Yeah. And and I mean, like, when you someone when someone with that much credibility tweets something of that magnitude, yeah, that's you why I knew know. So David Griffin, apparently the luckiest man in showbiz, now has in the last six drafts had two first-round picks at highly improbable odds. The New Orleans Pelicans had a 6% chance of getting this pick, and they got it. And uh, he was the GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2014 when they got the first-round pick. And this is absolutely unprecedented. Kevin O'Connor, who's a good friend of mine, Works for the Ringer now, I believe. Yes, yes he absolutely Works does. for the Ringer. Yep, KOC. He's, yep. Um, he's a good friend of mine from Boston, good friend of the podcast. Says Alvin Gentry yelled, fuck yeah, during the lottery drawing. Then he stood up and stuck his arms out and said, are you not entertained? Gladiator style. Then he said, sorry. No reason to apologize. Zion Williamson will be with the New Orleans Pelicans. Can we talk about now? Zion Williamson's reaction live on television because his rea- his face was deadpan. It was like it was like he wanted to retire in that moment. He was <laughs> like, "I don't know what's happening. I'm going to live in New Orleans." His whole life, an entire life map, had just been rearranged in well, that I moment. Think, you know, I think part of it is always. He said this after the after the pick and when he was being interviewed. He's he's very nervous. This is a guy who doesn't have an agent. He's very young. He admittedly wanted to stay at Duke. Like, he loved Krzyzewski and he loved Duke. And this was an opportunity he couldn't turn down. When you know you're going to be the first round pick in the NBA draft, you take it. And he's a very, very smart man for doing that. But he's in over his head a bit. Um, And this went a different way than he was expecting. And I don't want to read it as him not wanting to go to New Orleans, per se, Although that is a, a turn of events that kind of went rogue. I mean, for a second there, he was going to New York or L.A. Uh, but there is something to be said, Courtney, and I think we would be remiss in not addressing this. The city of New Orleans did a bunch of voodoo. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. In it's, January, it's, when they had that no call. No, yesterday. Listen to me. They did a bunch Courtney, of voodoo in the last like couple days. They did a bunch of voodoo. Outside of Hialeah, Miami, New Orleans is the number one voodoo city in the world. They did all the voodoo. (laughs) 
after New Orleans got absolutely screwed on that call and in the NFC Championship game. Oh, now right, true. they were the world. Wow, biggest, I didn't make that connection. The world's biggest poor sports about <laughs> I didn't it. However, make that connection. Very big connection, and they were hashtag not blessed during that game. Now, the owners of the New Orleans Saints also owns the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay. 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 The voodoo that that magical-ass city did to secure this highly improbable drafting of Zion Williamson might be... I, I'm an idiot. You know, I have, to, I have to say, I have to come out and say, point blank, New Orleans, I underestimated you. I did not know you could pull this kind of shit off, and I should have known better. My mother is a witch. <laughs> she <Okay>? is a witch. <laughs> I should know better than to underestimate a city full of people who believe in dark magic. Okay, all right. <laughs> Witches are real. I'm a full believer in that. Yes. And Tanya is right. Your mother is a witch, and she's the greatest person that I know. So, so I don't know. You know, this is what I get for not believing in a whole city full of people who have <laughs> literal dolls full of pins of their enemies. <laughs> all right. As Adrian Wojnarowski mentioned on air, the Knicks had an 86% chance of not getting the number one overall pick. Tanya, in this new system or whatever they changed recently, tanking is not an option. It really might not be. And that was his point he was making in the, on the broadcast after after the lottery. And this is exactly the reason that people have been warning teams against tanking. Because what happens is the very best you can do is have a 13 to 14% chance, right? Yeah. But we've seen in the past, there have been teams... I'm pretty sure one of those Cleveland teams that got the first round pick had like a 1.7% chance to get the pick. That's right. Since 2000, five teams have landed the top pick with 6% chance or less of getting the top pick. Wow. The Nets in 2000. Kenny and Martin. The Blazers in 2007. The Bulls in 2008. Derrick Rose, right? Yeah. Nah. Was that Derrick Rose? Rose? Was that Derrick Rose? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cavs in 2011 and 2014. And Cavs in 2011 was Kyrie Irving. Got yep. him a championship, well, or at least helped. <laughs> and I feel I so mean, inferior with not knowing these these teams. Yeah, and, and NBA, NBA, NBA is not my association. Here we go. You want to get this one? Andrew Wiggins, they flipped that shit for Ke- Kevin Love, and they turned that into that big three. And thank you. Someone watched call. Around the Horn today. I read so many tweets. <laughs> You better believe I don't keep these stats in my head. But yes, it is. I mean, the point being that um, it's not enough. You don't. The tanking doesn't guarantee that you're going to get in the top four enough that it's worth it. And this has been shown over and over again. And it's actually it would be a very good thing for the NBA to learn from this situation and move forward because now what's happened is that there are a multitude, you know, three to four teams in the league who are pretty clearly gunning for a top spot who didn't get it. The Suns. The Knicks, you know, these teams are like floundering and they did not, they're not getting Ja Morant. They're not getting, they're not even getting any of the other guys who are worth getting in this draft. So that's the biggest problem. And I don't know what the Pelicans are going to plan to do with this. I mean, the weirdest part about all of this is that Anthony Davis has basically made it clear he wants to be traded. So the whole idea was that he was going to be traded in this off season and they were going to flip this for some, you know, and kind of rebuild. But now they have Zion Williamson. And I don't, you know, I truly, I mean, you know, they don't have him. They haven't actually drafted him. But we all know that that's exactly who they can pick with that pick. So there's two options. They draft him or they trade that pick and essentially trade, quote unquote, Zion Williamson for whatever. And it's like, 
if you're going to lose Anthony Davis, why do you trade Zion Williamson? And if you're going to trade Zion, why do you lose? You know, so like, like this has become a real conundrum for the, for the Pelicans. It's the best possible issue you could have if you're an NBA team. I think the Rich Paul is going to demand a trade from LeBron to the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> to start his career. Dude, like, I don't even know how you I mean, play but basketball like, that, that way, but I want to see, I want to see LeBron, Zion, AD, just like, just, like, I don't know what that looks like, but I would like to find out. The, 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 just the whole fact with this NBA Twitter draft lottery thing, people were conspiring. The Lakers were going to get Zion Williamson and LeBron on the same team. Why not make it happen? Yeah, you know, that's Listen, a good point. Listen, this is... That's a good point. What, a, what a league. What a league. Anything can happen. Why don't we do that at the drop of a dime? Well, the problem is I actually don't know... Actually know what the... <laughs> what the Pelicans could give up to get LeBron. I mean, I mean, because like they're not ten, gonna, it's like ten, ten maybe, first round picks over the last but to ten be years. Honest, wait, hold on. I just thought about it again. Again, we had a little wine, but I'm thinking about this, and it actually, if they were to trade Anthony Davis now to the Lakers, get what they could get from the Lakers in terms of LeBron or whatever, yep. and you have LeBron and Zion to rebuild, you have potentially the greatest player of all time. One of the greatest college players we've seen in the last 15 years yep. on the same team. Yep. So basically you have your past and your future fucking sitting right there. AD, go to the Lakers. You know, they can they can coin the brow and paint it on the side of the Staples Center and everybody can do their thing. And there might be a situation where LeBron and Zion are together in New Orleans with Drew Brees. <laughs> just, you know, Mardi Gras. Just, you know, that's that is truly marketing you know, you showed me this incredible video of the this ticket sales guys. Yes, that was amazing. Pelicans absolutely losing their minds. Yes, yeah, I, I feel so bad for those tickets people because it's a big they, deal. No, but it, it, they were losing their minds because you know every single lose AD. every single person in in that room is getting like a thousand dollar bonus. Well, you that's know? the thing. And that's I, why they were. That, listen, it's not. Have, it's not. I that's why they were yelling. Friend. I have friends in the ticket sales industry, and it is very, very star dependent. And to get something like this in a city like New Orleans, Zion's one of the most likable college players to come up to on to come on the scene in a really long time. Yeah. He is he has a perfect face, a perfect smile. He is he is sweet, he is smart, and he is a fucking monster. Like yep. he's a dunk fest. The yeah, guy but- is gonna go and All Star Weekend is going to become the Zion show. Like this is a marketing opportunity that comes around once every decade. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. We have to talk about Joe Flacco. Now, I know those aren't <laughs> words we say very often. <laughs> so let's really soak in it. We really actually have to talk about Joe Flacco. Uh, as Stating the obvious. Yeah. As a veteran quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, the new Denver Broncos starting quarterback, as we see it right now, uh, doesn't feel the need to start mentoring the new draft pick, Drew Locke, who they drafted in the second round this year, uh, you know, on the roster, and their OTAs are starting up, and so the quarterbacks are talking. And uh, Flacco received a lot of flack. Oh, wow, that was witty. For yes. uh, his comments in regards to being a mentor to the young quarterback and, you know, bringing him along. And essentially, um, people felt like he was really dismissing his role as a mentor and you know, he saw, he saw it a little bit differently. His quote uh, was, I got so many things to worry about. I'm trying to go out there and play good football. I'm not worried about developing guys or any of that. This is what it is. I hope he does develop. 
I don't look at that as my job. My job is to go win games for this football team. He's now, not wrong. How could that possibly? You explain to me, Courtney, how that could possibly be controversial. Um, it's only controversial because there were what in the middle of May, and there's nothing else to talk about. We also didn't talk about the fact that Joe Flacco is going to take all the first team reps in the OTAs. There's no doubt that he is the undoubted starter going into the new season as the Denver Broncos uh, quarterback. But as well, this is a team with a new head coach, Nick Fangio, with a new offensive coordinator, Rick Scangarello. I hope I pronounced his name right. You got a new, you have a completely new system that you're going to be learning. And the problem that I have with this is the fact that you acquired Flacco in a trade to the Broncos in the offseason. You just drafted this young kid out of Missouri who did fall to the second round. A lot of people were surprised. Even Mike Fabiano was surprised that yeah. he didn't go in the first round. I was. Joe Flacco and Drew Locke are learning a brand new system on a clean slate. In the offseason. And I have absolutely no problem with this. And everyone that says otherwise is stupid. Because the problem that I have with this, Tanya, is that the headlines are portraying Joe Flacco as a bully and someone who's dismissing a rookie quarterback. Now, when you go deeper into the archives and the interviews and the articles that I found, there was another quote from Flacco. He said, I hope that he learns from me. Because that means we're going to be out there slinging it and having fun. I'm not a selfish person, but we're still learning a new offense from the same offensive coordinator. And listen, he'll learn from Rich, the new offensive coordinator, and then take reps on the field as a collective group of quarterbacks. This is not a broken record, Tanya. Their, their learning is a clean slate. He's almost saying there, he's sitting back and he's challenging and saying, Hey, rookie. If you can learn more about this offense before me, then sure, come take my job. The misconception here is that the rookie is absolutely looking for the exact same thing that the veteran quarterback is looking for, yep. which is to get the starting job. How many of these stories have we heard? I just listened to the six-part series on Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, where the entire thing was that Aaron Rodgers came in as a first-round draft pick and was like, all right, fine, maybe Brett Favre gets this year, but I'm this is my job. And he always considered it his job. When Drew Bledsoe was taken over by Tom Brady, Ty Law tells this story all the time. I'm pretty sure it's Ty Law. They were, sit they were at dinner. Brady had started, like, you know, a couple of games. And he was already telling the team that Drew Bledsoe wasn't getting his job back. Drew Bledsoe, at, the, at that point, was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. He, he was one of the marquee uh, moves the Patriots had ever made. He was a massive ac acquisition, and uh, along with Robert Kraft, really redefined the Patriots organization. And here Tom Brady is saying he's not getting his job back. That's how this works. If Drew Locke gets to start in the, NF in the NFL, I promise you he is not going to be looking to make it easy for Joe Flacco to get the job back. So why on God's green earth would Joe Flacco be like, yeah, you know what, buddy? Here you go. I'm going to tell you everything I know. I'm going to give you all the tricks in the book. There is a perfectly good way to balance being a good teammate with being a mentor and a leader and like not let having it turn into this love fest where you're handing someone your job. And before I, you know, finish making my point, I'd also like to point out that there's 32 starting quarterback jobs in the NFL. That's it. You know, this isn't linebackers and running backs where there's multiple people on the... Multiple there's going to be a lot of turnover during the season as well, but that right. really matters. But I mean, that's not... Like, you can't... There's one guy who gets to start. That's yep. how this works. Linebacker rooms and, and, and secondary and everything else, those those 
multiple jobs on every single team. One guy. So this isn't just like, you know, there's Mark Schlereth was talking about it on Fox Sports today and was talking about, you know, like, this is how I felt when it, but it's like, bro, you were in a group full of like, you know, seven or eight dudes on the team. Yeah. You had room. You're right. I mean, listen, Tanya, stop me if you've heard this before. A veteran quarterback with Super Bowl experience with a rookie quarterback breathing down your neck. Right. I mean, it's a slow news week, month, for the NFL, and this is what people have chosen to talk about. Um, well, and someone should ask Lamar Jackson how he, how it was to play with Joe Well, Flacco. but that's what I'm saying. So my question to you when we were talking before we started sat down and record this was, how is this any different than Flacco's relationship with Lamar Jackson? It's almost night and day, Tanya. Flacco was extremely complimentary of Lamar Jackson when he went down with a hip injury late in the season with the Ravens. Lamar Jackson stepped in to take over. And it started having me think that the only reason that Flacco was acting this way was because clearly Lamar Jackson is a very different quarterback than Joe Flacco. He's mobile quarterback, still working on his passing. And Joe Flacco knew that his time in Baltimore, he needed a change. He needed a change, and that in the offseason, whether or not he was going to retire or he, whether he was going to be traded, he knew that his time in Baltimore was over. Handed the reins and said, "Good luck, kid." Well, now Drew Locke is kind of like the similar build of Joe Flacco. Yeah, so it's that John now- Elway, tall guy who's you know standing there and throwing the ball. Yeah, like he's a stand. Yeah. He's a stand in the pocket, yeah. sling the ball around kind yeah. of guy. So. Maybe that's why Joe Flacco has gotten a little more testy. But again, we're ending this conversation by saying that it all depends on what you learn and taking it from the classroom and putting it on the field. Because whether you are Joe Flacco, whether you're Eli Manning, whether you're Tom Brady with Tom Brady, Tom, Tom Brady, actually, the funny part about Tom Brady was that when they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, I remember that he came out during training camp and said, hey, guess what, guys, I'm playing for another five years. And made an announcement to the media uh, about him staying in the league. And that was his way of saying, because it's not a very patriot way of him to say, I'm not going to fucking tutor this guy and bring him under my wing. But that was his way of saying, hey, kid, you got a long way to go because I'm going to be here for a while. Right. Second biggest NFL story of the day, week, month. I don't know. 2019. I was watching nightly news last night. Yes, I'm educated. I watched the nightly news with Lester Holt. Ooh. Oh, pat myself so on, pat myself on the back. I got some YouTube TV now. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yes. I was watching nightly news last night, and the court's dismissal of the Robert Kraft Orchids of Asia prostitution video, video surveillance surveillance that was that was my that was my news hat surveillance has been thrown out by the courts because they deemed it really they obtained it illegally apparently and to be quite frank the courts and the prosecutors basically have no case anymore because they acquired this video and they said hey we're not going to release this video because what about all the other innocent people that were walking around or you know going to orchids of asia or you know they had video of him driving in from the street that was clearly it was clearly very florida of them some, definitely some shady florida there stuff was some around. definitely some shady florida stuff they acquired the video of him driving in and it, you know it it puts in the line of fire a lot of the other people that were not doing anything wrong or right. legally and right. now even the, if they were doing something illegal uh you know i think people forget just because you're doing something illegal doesn't mean the camera that caught you doing it was supposed to be there, and the, and we don't live in a country where surveillance state is okay. So <laughs> even though it happens those, all the time, unless, well, but that's the thing is like unless those cameras were placed there by police with a very you know good reason, you can't just be like, well, we caught you on video. That's not how this works, and so it is thrown out. And so now you know, Courtney, it's like 
we know that they, that this falls under the under the conduct policy of you know conduct detri- detrimental. detrimental to the league. Yeah. Um, like Kraft, obviously. I mean, we've seen people punished for less, so we'll expect something to come down. But as this has all been unfolding, there really hasn't been much that the NFL has been able to say or do. Do you expect it? Like. Do you think it's going to be a fine or a suspension or a suspension? What? So he can't sit in his sit in his luxury box with John Bon Jovi and cheer on the team? Well, I mean, he can't just stay away from. Par- First of all, his son Jonathan Kraft already runs the day to day operations of the team. Robert Kraft is kind of just. I'm not saying he's a shell of himself because he's still a fully functioning operating ma- uh, uh, owner. Yeah. But I mean, Jonathan Kraft runs that team, so having Robert Kraft be suspended or stay away from. The facility or not be a part of the day-to-day yeah i mean go ahead it's not going to hurt anything that the patriots are doing no it would I, just have to be i mean it would just fall under the like we have to suspend you i don't think that they're trying to they can't punish the patriots this has nothing to do with the patriots oh, yeah, it's a specific yeah. robert Kraft thing but i mean they've done this thing suspended jim ursay before and jim ursay has way less to do with how what happens with the colts than you know robert Kraft does it's less about what it's going to do to the team who isn't at fault here and more about, you know, making a statement to the public. I just wonder what, you know, because they set these things up to be very vague, I wonder how much they can even really get away with in terms of disciplining Robert Kraft in the first place. I think it's it's going to be a fine. He's clearly knows Roger Goodell very well at this point in terms of legal think, activity. Like half a mil? Half a mil to a million dollars. I mean, because it wasn't directly, he wasn't, he wasn't, Going in there with a Patriots sweatshirt on. <laughs> I mean, clearly, like, like with him walking in organs of Asia he for his, his, like, Gillette ID card. <laughs> for his, like, rub and tug, like, hey, this is Pat the Patriot. Do you want to rub and tug him, too? She, I mean, she makes everybody wear Tom Brady shirts. I mean, exactly. Down. So... It's it's going to be a slap on the wrist compared to the fact that he's a billionaire. It's not going to affect the Patriots in any sense, and it's certainly not going to affect any part of Robert Kraft's bank account. The fact of the matter is, Tanya, you're not going to knock Robert Kraft off of his pedestal because, to be honest, in my opinion, I think he's going to be around longer than Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL. Right. I mean, unless it's something, you know, unless his health fails him, I mean, he there's really no reason that he'll... He's going to stay the owner, you know, it's, it's going to stay in the Kraft family. So like you said, it'll be like that way until he passes on. And the fact of the matter is, it's a good old boys club. None of these other owners, like not one single other owner gives a shit about this. No. They're, I mean, they, they, there might be one or two that like behind the scenes is like saying like, oh, wow. maybe Kraft. might like to see Kraft yep. knocked down a notch because of how much power he holds in the league. But I mean, his his chum Jerry Jones and and Arthur Blank and these other guys that are a big deal they don't give a shit so uh, let's just like move on from that because there's just no way for this to turn out bad for Kraft Courtney I could not be more excited to tell you that Tiger Woods is back on his bullshit and better than ever attacking one of the gems this great nation holds Mr. John Daly our boy you know uh it is the PGA Championship coming up. It's going to be the big return for Tiger Woods since he won the Masters and got his Presidential Medal of Freedom from, oh, please. from the Great Orange one. Yes. And uh, and the big news is that John Daly, um, our fat, arthritic savior, <laughs> has been given the very rare uh, approval to ride a cart through the PGA Championship because of the arthritis in his knee. Now... It's pretty rare for any golfer to be given approval to ride a cart because, number one, if you can't walk through the course, generally you're not well enough to play the game. Yep. 
Um, and that's, so this has kind of caused a little bit of a rumbling among the, uh, younger, perhaps healthier players, yep. uh, including Tiger Woods, yes. who was asked about the situation on Tuesday and had this to say to the media. Uh, as far as JD taking a cart, well, I walked with a broken leg, so. Bird. Sick burn. <laughs> I mean, it's just like <laughs> he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. I, I, the, I think what's what's funny about it is that it's like super petty. You know, it. You yeah. know, Tiger Woods is the goat. He knows he's the goat. There's not even a question about this. And it, you know, it. I understand that a hundred percent he's right. There's Tiger legitimately played through like a pretty horrible knee injury and walked around the course just fine. Um, is he body shaming John Daly is my he's question. He's definitely body shaming John Daly. He's definitely personality shaming John Daly. And I, and it's funny because we get, I, he doesn't have, he's not saying anything we're not already thinking. It's just silly that Tiger Woods feels the need to say it, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, here's, here's the funny part. And I, I pulled up an article from the New York post. New York post always does very, a very excellent job poignantly putting the personality into this story. Yes. This week, there will be a legitimate major championship at Bethpage Black. We will also get a ridiculous sideshow, at least for a few days. John Daly will rip it up at the PGA Championship while gripping the wheel of a golf cart. Yep, the guardians of the game are accommodating the 53-year-old who spent a good part of his life not taking care of himself and has zero chance of winning. <laughs> See, the, okay, that's another point. That's another good point by who wrote that article? The New York Post. But who wrote it? The Associated Press. Oh, wow. I mean, wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, well done, actually, this game. Well done, computer robot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I had. I is not getting I, credit. I would, I would have to. It might be actually be, um, who's my buddy down in Miami? I don't know. I All mean, right, well, Tim. anyway, that's a really good point is that this is also somebody who's like, essentially, this is somebody who's non-competitive. Well, listen, Tanya. I mean, the whole fact of the matter that they might be throwing John Daly into the mix of this is that, yes, Tiger just came off of one of the greatest Masters Championship weekends that donned him a Medal of Freedom from the President of the United States. This is going to be a huge ratings boost for golf, and why not throw in the big fat old guy? Mm -hmm. They got lap band surgery in 2009. He's probably going to be posting up his RV in a parking lot next to Hooters, signing shirts and smoking cigarettes. That's exactly true. He's a walking meme, and the PGA is riding high. They know exactly what to do, and that's you're 100% right. They figure hey, if the only way to get John Daly out there so that we can get the jokes and the memes and go viral on Twitter is to put him in a golf cart, then let's do it. It's a sideshow, and, and it's going to work. And I'm pretty excited for more petty... I'm, I'm pretty excited for Petty Tiger. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure to see that belly. I want to see that. I want to see how big that Rex Ryan-esque belly is tucked shapes. into this. He's yeah. a lot of shapes. Yeah, he's a, he's a shapely man. <laughs> can we not... We're not fat shaming him. We're just... We're calling him round or curvy. He's abundantly... Uh, Chunky. <laughs> Anyways, someone who I am actually going to outwardly make fun of, though, is Russell Wilson. You, this really got your, your panties in a bunch. Well, it didn't get my panties in a bunch because that insinuates that it, like, bothers me. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it kind of bothered you. No, you went on this whole Twitter rant about there, it. That's a misunderstanding. People are always like, that's like the troll way to, like, you know, to take someone down. And they're just like, oh, why are you so bothered by it? No, I'm making fun of a person for doing something silly. Okay, so, Ru so Russell Wilson. So not, Russell we won't Wilson, play the, don't play the audio. No, 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 I'm not going to. So Russell Wilson surprised his mom with a house. 
Now, on the surface, not a funny thing. Very sweet. Yes. And on very, Mother's Day. I'm certainly very excited for Mama Wilson. Okay? Tammy, I believe her name is. Tammy. However, <laughs> if you watch the video, you will see that Russell and Sierra and the kids are there. The whole He's like, hey, it's there, the key to your house. You know? She's like, wait, what? And she's what? not believing oh my God. it. And like, you know, and she's going through. And it's like, this poor woman, ha- she cannot believe. I've never seen someone this shocked. That, like, their gajillionaire child is like, bought them a house, okay? Yeah. She is in a state of complete shock. She doesn't believe it. She thinks she's being tricked. It's really kind of crazy. And all I could think was, first of all, Russell Wilson posted this himself to his own social media. Didn't even have, like, the smarts to, like, give it to someone else so they... they give it could, to the Seahawks, like, just, just you know. Give it to the Seahawks, give it to TMZ, give it to someone so that, like, they're like, look what he did. And he doesn't have to tell everybody about his good deeds. Yeah. Like, so let someone else tell you. Like, this is PR 101 guy. Yeah. Number two, I don't think he's ever bought his mom a house. Based on this reaction, I don't. I think this is the first house he's ever bought his mother and Courtney. I do not care. <laughs> I cannot imagine a world in which he wasn't rich enough before to buy her maybe even, like, the starter rich person's house. before. I mean, but he probably did. He maybe, maybe, maybe it was... Maybe it was... If he ever bought her a house, why was she so goddamn I mean, surprised? she's probably... But here's the thing. I Her surprise was kind of like... There was it was a lot of... There were a lot of pregnant pauses in there. She was sitting there and she was... I, I kind of disagree to the extent that she was kind of like... Oh, wait, what? What? And it was like very paused. Like, no, I think 40, that... No, no, no. She no. was shocked. No, she didn't fall on the ground and she you wasn't... In, to, all right, you she have to wasn't, watch this on your own and, and like tweet us because I saw shock... And Courtney's seeing more like, oh, no way. So yeah, no, there was definitely a more way. two different things. I'm seeing somebody who, like, had absolutely no idea what's going on. And by the way, let me nitpick again. A little second. Are you nitpicking today? Russell Wilson <laughs> literally didn't touch his mother the whole time they were. They didn't hug or So maybe, maybe they're not. So, boom. Maybe they're not close enough. And they just had, like, a... I, I don't really know the backstory about well, him in a relationship. Don't force the public to watch your yeah, weird but family maybe, dynamics. Yeah, but maybe they're not close enough. Then and maybe that he video. hasn't bought her a house before because he's never really gotten along with his mother. Well, so then he buys her a house and is like, Hey, guys, give me a round of applause for giving, for buying a house for my mother I barely get along with. Like, either way, it's weird. And then Sierra's over there being Sierra. No, actually, she... Door. She actually... She was very... The, the reaction from Sierra was... She kind of, like, half-hugged her. And then Russell really, really hugged her. There is but something. Th- there's up with something that family, weird. Right? I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to point out, like, th- there it was kind of a very half-ass hug half-ass. that he gave to his wife. Yeah. So maybe they never really, maybe he never bought her a house before because he didn't have a good relationship with her. Dude, I don't know. Courtney, that's I mean, listen, my thought. I get it. I'm just saying there are a lot. If I had that kind of money and I wasn't on great terms with my mom. I'd have to, she'd have to have done some real fucked up shit for me to be like, bitch, you're not getting a house. You're not getting shit until I get my $190 million guaranteed or whatever. My, my funny social media of the week. I, you know, I noticed that Snoop Dogg is now on Cameo, the app where you pay a certain amount of money to have one of your favorite local celebrities or athletes send you a birthday wish or any greeting of any sort. Or send a loved one a birthday wish. Yeah. Send a loved one or a birthday wish. Anyways. Um, Snoop Dogg. So I, you know, I popped onto Cameo just to see kind of, I am very interested. It's very Darren Ravel-esque of me to see what kind of rates people are charging, uh, for these videos. I, we know that Antonio Brown famously is charging $500 for his videos, 
back in the summer when he was just kind of losing his mind training in Miami. So I went on there and I was like, oh, what, what kind of sports guys, you know, are doing these videos? And I popped in and I noticed that Terrell Owens charges $350. And I played one of his videos because they keep and save those videos that you put. And right. he was very, very kind, gregarious. Uh, the video was the woman was a, a big Dallas Cowboys fan. So he said, you know, thank you so much for your support for the Dallas Cowboys. I know it was a short stint. And then he went in and was just very detailed and telling her how much he cared about her. It was her birthday. And he hopes that he and his her family has it. You know, I mean, I was like, wow, good job. Good yeah, personality. He, he put a lot of effort into it and clearly he, made it count. He put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> um, Britt Favre charges $500 for his videos. Um, now, are you about to tell me Brett Favre <laughs> isn't good? I mean, I was just kind of trying to find just like the worst of the funniest ones. And I mean, I think I nailed it. Brett Favre charges $500 for his videos. And I popped into one, one of these videos. They recorded for Heather and Penny. Hello, Heather. Hello, Penny. Um, just wanted to say happy birthday to you, Heather. Um, happy 38th, um, or 28th, something like that. And to Penny, happy Mother's Day, which is coming up soon. Um, and God bless and thank you for being a Packer fan as well as a fan of mine. Uh, very cool. So, wishing you the best and have a great one. God bless. Take care. Tanya. Excuse me? Wait, first of all. Did he not know how old the person Wait, you get this i believe i believe from some of my friends that have this or like i've seen them do it you have like a script of they you are recording the video and you have the script that's right there and right. it tells you like heather's turning 28 peggy is mother's day we're big packers fans thanks so this video not only does he say oh hey you're 28 psh, uh, or 38 or whatever he says, thanks for being Packers fans. Pretty cool. Like, and also to the video, he doesn't even know how to hold his phone no, he up. He definitely slams it he off slams, the He slams the phone. The, the whole video. Like, who is this manager? They couldn't tell him, like, hey, can you just, like, do that video again? It kind of sucked. It's so crazy, too, because if... The thing is, Brett Favre would actually be the perfect person to do this if the app was for um, dick pics. <laughs> That was totally not suited for work, Tanya. <laughs> I can't believe you even mentioned that in the podcast. But I have to agree. Um, then I go to the back to the reviews because I watched a couple more of these videos. I just couldn't believe like how much how he was charging five hundred dollars for something so stupid. I looked at one of the reviews. I'm sorry for laughing so hard, but someone gave him one star, and they said that the request was for Brett to say Favre. As right. in from something about Mary, as in the movie. That's the fun and funny part. If he didn't want to do that, I understand. But then don't make the video. That isn't what I asked for or paid $500 for. I love the idea because it is really so Brett Favre to <laughs> completely dismiss that some Midwestern family paid $500, which is a lot of money, to get a personalized wish. He completely ignores it. Gets the birthday wrong, smashes the phone off a wall, does app, like puts the very bare minimum into it. 
It's like, that's just exactly who this kind of, like, you know he was drunk. Hey, you know, it's like, he was sitting on the I private just, plane, like, dude. five five Bloody Marys deep. And he's like, oh, guess I had to do this cameo video. At least he, we can rest assured that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be any nicer about it. So they're always going to be on the same part of that. You know, it's <laughs> like, imagine Aaron Rodgers, it wouldn't be any better. So. I mean, I'm, yeah. I just feel bad for Packers fans. So you can bet Tom Brady would have done a better job. Dude, I'm, I'm glad. Well, I'm sure Tom Brady would. See, here's the thing. <laughs> Getting a personalized video from Tom Brady would charge five thousand, but he wouldn't even he wouldn't even need the money. No. He wouldn't need the money, and it would just I mean he only gives birthday wishes to yeah. the best people. Oh, good call. Yeah, you can't buy that kind of. You wish can't wishes. buy that exactly. <laughs> All right, Friday's podcast. I'm not gonna lie. We just tried to recruit Michael Rappaport to come on our podcast. He said he somewhat agreed. So <laughs> he was he gave us some a, a mild. Yes. <laughs> Mild, yes. Ha ha, okay. It was yes. a ha ha, okay. However, uh, you know, we're manifestors. Yeah. We've never lied about this. Tanya's mom is a witch, as you mentioned. If yeah. you didn't pick that up in you her opening this. monologue, <laughs> she is a witch. So we are so, we are big believers in saying what you want, putting it out into the universe, and getting it back tenfold. Uh, we don't know how this is going to work, but we're hoping that it comes through. And we believe in ourselves, and we know that you guys believe in us, because we've heard from you. We have... A fantastic fan base, so put it out there. Hey, yeah. if you happen to be on Twitter and happen to see Michael Rappaport and say, can't wait to hear you on the Fox and Fallon podcast, <laughs> we're not going to complain, okay, guys? I, I'm not going to complain about anything. We want the army of Fox and Fallon to come out and demand that Michael Rappaport come on the Fox and Fallon podcast because there will be many expletives. We might have to turn our levels down a little more. A lot of level turning, yeah. There will um, be a lot of levels issues. So... Let's tune in next week, hoping that Michael Rappaport comes on the podcast. It's going to be somewhere between next week and December. And, yeah. And listen, guys, <laughs> just keep listening until then, and you will get it. I promise. Hashtag manifesting. Hashtag blessed. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. What you fitting in that booty? There's so many good songs about asses. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Like you other brothers can't deny. When a girl walks in with a mini mini waist and a brown thing in your face, you get sprung. Want to pull up tight because you okay, notice that butt not, was we stuck. We all know the words to the... I want to do... I wanna that was like a big camp thing. What? I like the one where it's... How, how you fit all that ass and then jeans. That ludicrous song. Shake that ass. The ludicrous. Shake your ass. Watch yourself. Remember what Mystical? Yeah. Show me what you're looking for. <laughs> Shake that ass, and then like back that ass up. Didn't Call didn't someone didn't some didn't someone up. say recently? I think I read something. They were like, they went up to juvenile and they're like, you know that's that song saved my life. Dude, back that ass up, <laughs> saved someone's life. Yes. Were they a stripper? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense if you're a stripper. I mean, but like, I don't know. <laughs>